Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. Welcome back. This is your EP, Jesse, and you are tuned in to Asian Pop Nation, your resident Asian music and culture show right here on Sin. Speaking of Asian music, we just played a couple of Taiwanese tracks for you guys, starting off with Margalito by Nana Ouyang featuring Nono, which is from their album The Star. And before that, you guys heard Zhuzhou Wujian by 9M88 from her third album Scent. As always, we will be presenting the freshest hits from Asia as well as a wonderful collection of talk segments. Um, this week of which specifically will be pretty games focused and you will know what I mean in a little bit. Our first little segment will be delving into some of the reasons why our APN hosts joined APN, especially in the light of the recent fundraiser that Sinit is doing in order to keep Sin alive and running for another 20 years. Um, but yeah, we really need the support of our community, our volunteers, our listeners, everyone out there who has been touched by Sin and who love the, who love the content that we put out on a weekly basis. Um, I know I speak for all of us here at APN when we say we really, really, really do not want to lose this place where we can just go wild about Asian music and Asian culture and just express the things that we can't really express anywhere else. So if you guys are able to, please do consider donating. And I know I said this last week, but uh, I swear I'm not lying when I say that every... Genuinely, every dollar counts. Um, it doesn't matter how little or how much you can give. Um, we appreciate everything. But um, aside from that, we will be also delving into PAX. Now, if you guys don't know what PAX is, it is a basically a huge convention right here in Melbourne. And it is focused a lot on games and um, tabletop games, um, things of that nature. And it's a really huge event, especially for indie developers and um, gamers alike, obviously. Uh, but also cosplayers. So it was a huge event that happened over the weekend recently, and yeah, we thought it'd be great to cover it, and we also got media passes to it. So we really wanted to highlight some of the awesome games, and uh, specifically games by um, Asian creators and indie uh, games like that of that nature. So yeah, I hope you guys do enjoy that little upcoming two-parter. Aside from that little event, uh, Radwimps also recently came to do shows in Sydney and Melbourne, and fun fact, this was actually Radwimps' first time in Australia. So that was super, super duper exciting. And yeah, if you guys don't know who Radwimps are, they are basically a Japanese band that produced the music for Your Name and uh, Zuzume and uh, Weathering With You. Um, and these are all Makoto Shinkai films that got really, really popular over recent years. So yeah, me and Zenya recently had the opportunity to attend their first concerts in Australia, which was super awesome, and we would love to share more of our thoughts about it a little later on. And uh, we're bringing back, we're going back to the game theme um, in our last little segment where we talk about the Asian games. More specifically, um, the recent news that South Korean esports players will now be exempted from their compulsory military service if after winning gold at the Asian games. So that's some pretty exciting news and yeah, we thought we'd, lo- we'd share our thoughts about it. Yo, 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 this is Asian Pop Nation on Sin and we are really leaning into the pop part of our name as we just played a collection of Korean pop tracks for you guys. Starting off with Sorry, Sorry, Sorry by Signature. And before that, you guys heard Here We Go Again by Ginny from their EP An Iron Hand in a Velvet Glove. 
And even before that, you guys heard Betty by Ive from their EP Ive of Mine. Now, in our next little segment, we'll be covering some more um, sentimental, a bit more sad news. Um, as you guys probably heard last week and probably all over since social media and things like of that nature. Um, Sin is currently holding a fundraiser so we can keep Sin alive for the next, I don't know, hopefully 20 more years. Um, Sin has run into some trouble with funding recently and so we would really love the support from our community of listeners and volunteers and contributors. So if you guys are able and love the content that uh, Sin puts out and um, would love to continue seeing the content that we produce, please do consider donating and um, in our upcoming little segment, um, some of our APM members will be running down the reasons why they decided to join Sin and the impact that Sin has made on their lives. So, listener, if you have been tuning in to our show since last week, you might have heard our EP, Miss Jessie, begging, begging people <laughs> to donate to Sin. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Sin is on the verge of closing down after 20 years. Um, and we decided to make this into a segment to talk about why this is the case and then just to reminisce about why we joined Sin in the first place as well. Lee, you should start. How did you join Sin in the first place? Okay, I joined last year because while Leisha was the EP <laughs> and they needed someone to do the social media because Celeste was leaving because she soon died. Anyways, I was like, okay, but I only do the social media. <laughs> and, then, and here you are. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> and now I'm doing hosting and editing. So you got suckered in. Yeah, but it's good. I learned new skills. I improved my talking skills, kind of, not really. But... And now you can like talk in full sentences on yeah. radio. Which you didn't used to be able to do. Not at all. Not on radio. That's crazy. But yeah. When, yeah. when did you join, Denya? I joined in 2020. My gosh, that was three years oh, wow. ago. I, I suppose now it makes me the oldest member of SIT. Of, in, in APN. Yeah. <laughs> Not in age, but in terms of length, I suppose. Mm. And SIN. So I, I joined in March 2020. And I think my group was the last group to do the training you know to practicing in the radio studios and such before lockdown happened mm. um so pretty much my entire sin experience has been virtual um which i'm not complaining it's a lot more convenient for me but yeah then i didn't actually join apn until a couple months after that because i had a few people saying you know what like if you like anime and sort of that kind of jazz you might be a good fit for Asian pop nation. Yeah, they talk about anime and manga and stuff. Then I joined, and to be honest, maybe I'm just biased, but it was like one of the well-organized shows I've been on. Oh. <laughs> Mainly because Celeste probably was the one who was in, in charge. But it, like some of the other shows I was on at the time, we often had weeks where we didn't actually have a show on because you know not enough contributors or people mm. to record discussions. Um, yeah, or like the executive producer was not able to put together a show that week yada yada 
So yeah, Asian Pop Nation was the only one that was really (laughs) consistent. Yeah. So I stuck around and then became executive producer the following year. Then roped in John Paul (laughs) (laughs) as as an old high school friend, be like, yo man, you like anime and stuff. Um, Please join. And then Leisha hopped on, I think because there was an email kind of going around promoting people to join sin and from Asian the population. rmit the rmit um student services or something yeah like um so that's how and then I, I suppose that's kind of where you came in like yeah <laughs> but tracy you you're one of the more i guess direct mm. entrance into yes. yeah rather than i knew a person who knew a person who introduced me to Asian population. yes because i don't know anyone um basically <laughs> i pretty much was always like i want to do radio and then I oh, went really? to Monash. Yeah, because you I like wanted talking... to do, right? Yeah. No, like I wanted to have a show where I talked about music. Or well, I wanted to talk about music at people. Because I had a club in uni where I would try to talk about music with people. And then I realized that it was more like me talking about music at people. And I guess at that point, I might as well just have a podcast or a show mm. where they're not obligated to give their input. <laughs> no but um no I always wanted to do a show but then um I kept on trying to join um my Nash radio but they were really really they did not have it together at all um in terms of like training or whatever and everything that I would have to do I would have to do it by myself and I just did not have the time frankly as a student back then but at SIN I guess I I was searching up community stations and sin was obviously it was the only youth station around i think in melbourne i think it still is the only youth station around like really accessible you don't it's not like competitive or anything you just sign up you do your inductions you get in yeah and i and i that's when i was like oh they have an asian pop like an asian pop show that's pretty cool and i they used to listen to it i listened to it for about a season before i joined oh wow what the heck someone yeah. actually listens to our show no <laughs> i did i thought it was so sweet like i had an alarm that is still on this phone that's like um asian pop nation time like uh-huh. at 8 30 um so what about it that made you decide to actually join as opposed to just listen um because you guys all sounded like friends yeah. <laughs> I joined and I was like oh that's like that's like actually that was true like you guys are friends no I was like I was afraid that if I joined a radio show it would be full of people who are incredibly pretentious or like way artsier than I was and I would not know how to get along with them at all but listening to the show I was like oh these are like normal Asian kids and I can tell that they're all Asian just we're somehow. so awkward <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> I just can tell that you're all Asian and it's also nice just to have asian australian spaces because there aren't that many i think i said this in like the first meeting i ever had with you guys there's like not a lot of collaborative spaces that are asian australian Mm. i feel like asian australian spaces tend to be like um rave societies at universities yeah tutoring places this is true (laughs) chinese like sad things like this and there's not a lot of like creative like you make something together sort of things and that's the joy of community radio guys and I guess this would not have happened if sin didn't exist and it will cease to continue if if, um, sin you know ceases to exist so we have what like five weeks left we have five weeks left it was a good it was good knowing you guys um, (laughs) after this we can't talk to each other ever again guys (laughs) 
that. But it's... as far as I'm concerned, you all just exist within the world of radio. Yeah. Mm. No, but like we wouldn't have known each other if it weren't for sin. And uh, there's a lot you said about that. <laughs> That's but, like... not doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but uh, it's I guess it's kind of in there. Like it's it's harder to exist in the capitalist world when you're not um, churning out profits. And <laughs> but we're churning out other good things like memories and experiences and um, friendships and stuff like that churning out I, I hate that verb so much <laughs> yeah and I guess another thing they're running into issues with is like young people volunteering I mean since changed a lot um since the pandemic either like Xenia you were just saying that um apparently there used to be a rule that you could only do two se- two seasons on any one show which seems insane to us now uh, <laughs> they got rid of the rule because you know like COVID there was very very limited number of volunteers so Mm. yeah it is it's definitely a nice rule because then we can sort of stick to the shows you like for longer but then I suppose it also made sin very much like I don't know anyone else aside from people yet like (laughs) same (laughs) yeah yeah everything everyone else I know maybe by like name or I wouldn't say I know them as people but like Again, maybe that's something Sin will reconsider going forward. Like, how on earth are you going to tackle retention? I don't know. Maybe, like, the age um, restrictions as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a good point. Maybe. Yeah, because everyone's Sin dies at 26, which means that they have to leave. They have to graduate. They have to graduate. Yeah. And that limits how many people are, like, can be in Mm. your station right also because like most people under the age of 26 are still in school and uni specifically it's kind of hard to volunteer consistently and do uni at the same time yeah well it's i'm volunteering and doing uni (laughs) yeah i mean everyone basically except for like me (laughs) is volunteering and doing uni but that's why we're such a big group that's why we can keep that's why we can do this because we're yeah. a big group and we we have teamwork. Yay. But I guess you know, someone who is only in a group of like three people, all of which are doing uni, it's a lot harder on them. Well, doom and gloom. Unless you, our fellow friends out there, do something about it. You know, help us, please. If you please. like our show, please if you want to keep hearing Asian music on the radio, we'll even bring back requests. <laughs> 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 if, if you donate a lot of money, we will make an entire show for you. <laughs> Yo, this could be a viable revenue stream, you know? Vegas can't be choosers, right? And also it might be fun to be like someone center, center this entire show around this genre of music mm. and we have to find Asian versions of that genre. That might be fun. Yeah. I yeah. Know, we'll have like tiered donors and then the higher <laughs> the tier, you you get a lot of benefits. We will give you shout outs. You can record something and we'll play it on the show. You can join join ABN. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, let us know at Asian Pop Nation soon on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please donate. Donate. Yeah, givenow.com.au save sin is the address to donate. We would really appreciate it, but so would everyone else at sin because there's a lot of people in the world shows apart from us. But we're the best. Bye. Welcome back to Asian Pop Nation on Sin, your resident Asian music and pop culture show. You guys just heard a collection of Korean tracks starting off with Underwater by Chu from Luna, which is a pre-release for her upcoming album. 
And before that, you guys heard Skyline by Light Sum, which is a B-side from their EP Honey or Spice. And even more before that, at the very start, we heard Invincible by Triple S Evolution, and it is the title track from their new EP. Coming up next, we will be delving into some of our experiences here at PAX, which happened between October the 6th and October 8th. And PAX is basically a huge, huge gaming convention here in Australia, specifically in Melbourne, and it covers a lot of aspects of gaming, from tabletop games to video games to indie games. So it covers a lot of things, and it's a huge um, event for both developers and gamers alike. Um, some of us got the opportunity to attend PAX, courtesy, courtesy of PAX Media Passes, and so we would love to share our experiences there and some of, and highlight some of the games that um, we, we, we really enjoyed witnessing and seeing. So yeah, without further ado, this will be part one of our PAX review. Hey! Hey! <laughs> okay, so last weekend, one of our team members actually visited a... It's a con- convention, right? Yeah, big, yeah, massive big convention. convention. Yeah. Called PAX. <gasps> and oh who was it that went? I wonder who. Um, No, it was I. It You're was the me, other person Lisha. in this room. Yeah. <laughs> It was me, Leisha. Yes, I did. Went to PAX. Uh, it's like a whole three-day big convention specifically about all things gaming. And yeah, I went from October 6th to October 8th, but technically there is a leeway in between that, and I'll get into that later, so stay tuned, haha. But yes, I went to PAX, and I'm here now in APN World wanting to really talk about it because... This year was very, very jam-packed. I think for a lot of people, when they talked about, like, this year's packs, like, technically, they did a packs last year, but last year was, like, their refresher right after the pandemic and stuff, so there were still, like, you know, like, most events, it was a little bit of, like, a rocky start, like, you know, they're doing bits and pieces and stuff, but this one felt like it was the first, like, big and crazy and intense PAX convention that, I guess, if you're, like, a regular goer in all the several years pre-pandemic, it, this was very, like, reminiscent of that. Wait, but have you been yes. before, Leisha? I have been last year. The last year was, like, my first ever time going, and in that time, I went for one day only. And this time, I made the brave decision to get the three-day pass, and uh, let's just say... Um... How, did, how did that <laughs> Out. That ended terribly on my end. Um, oh. <laughs> nothing to do with the actual convention itself. I just realized that I am probably not like the convention girly that I thought I was. Um, yeah, I think as we go further into like all things PAX related, maybe you, the listener, will get what I mean by like how jam packed it is. And for a lonesome girl like myself, it is. <sighs> It takes a toll on you, and it definitely took a toll on me. Um, and also something called a menstrual cycle happened at the same time. So let's just say the odds were kind of against me. Oh, <laughs> but I I still had a lot of really like amazing stuff that I wanted to spill the beans with you, Lee, specifically about, and also dear listeners of APN about packs because there is a lot of stuff. <gasps> but yes, yes. Let, let me start first with probably the I guess the big one of the big announcements that came up almost I don't know if I want to say almost immediately once 
they started rolling in all the PAX announcements, but it was their special guests and their speaker that they had for the PAX 2023 Storytime keynote. If you're not familiar, it's basically like the uh, special guests that kind of kickstarts the whole PAX like panels and events and stuff by having their own special speech moment that kind of kicks off the entire thing for the rest of the weekend. And this year, it was Erika Ishii. And I was like, oh my god, what? <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with them, Lee. I don't think so. I Question mark? Well, I just read the run sheet, so I do know now, but... Oh no. my god. <laughs> oh yeah, no. So basically, Erika, I... Now, from my knowledge of Erika, I've always been like, like their name has always been everywhere within like my space of friends that are very into games and specifically friends that are very into like D&D side of world because not only are they like a very very well-known like actor and host and voiceover artist they've done like Valkyrie in Apex Legends which is a game that I tried and will never play again because I'm scared of that community Same. Um, <laughs> But they've also, and where I mainly know them from, is that they've always been like a reoccurring guest in this like RPG, like web series called Dimension 20 and all of like the spinoffs and podcasts revolving around there. And honestly, I thought they were like, as a guest for an event like PAX, they're kind of like the perfect candidate because I feel like they bridge perfectly between, I guess, the two worlds that PAX like caters to, which is both like video games and also tabletop gaming, uh, which is like your D&D and, and various like Magic the Gathering and all that stuff. And in video games are like, yeah, your Nintendo and stuff. So to be able like the perfect combo of the two. But no, I went to their keynote, ah, ha, 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 and I actually, I had a time of my life Though actually getting into the keynote was a little bit of a nightmare fuel. Um, only because they were because it's considered one of like the main events of PAX. Obviously, there were gonna be a lot of people showing up. So by the time I got there, um, and by the time I even got into the theater, um, I'm pretty sure they were already like 13 minutes into their speech, and I walked in like, hey, did I miss anything? <laughs> But again, that's not on PAX or anything. If anything, the PAX organization was very, like, slay about it. Probably better than, like, if I go to concerts. Sometimes the line organization is actually awful. But this one, they killed it. But yeah, like, they were just so popular to the point that I literally had to be there for, like, 13 minutes waiting. And then only I got in. And I was like, wait, Erica's already said, like, half of her speech. Um, this is awkward. <laughs> But no, the portions that I did get to hear and stuff were very, very, like, I don't know. It was just really cool to hear somebody who's also, like, a queer Asian person talking about their whole journey about existing both in the traditional media landscape, like television, film, but then also creating basically, like, a whole new career avenue for themselves through like the D&D RPG, like web series realm, like stuff that you can only ever imagine on the YouTube or like on the internet landscape. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And it kind of made me think of like, this is kind of like what we do here at APN. <gasps> like we're like we like creating content and stuff on like a internet landscape thing. Yes, it goes into traditional radio, but it also goes on podcasts. Ha ha. And from like a creative to hearing another creative who also happens to be Asian, 
talking about their whole experience, I was like, yes, this is what I need. This is my, this is my rep, guys. But yeah. And then those are the very cute moment because the MC that they had for the event was also a queer Asian woman specifically. And she literally was like, oh my gosh, guys, not to be sentimental, but can I mention about how there's two queer Asian people hosting this one major keynote at PAX? And I was like, oh, that's so me for real. <laughs> and yeah, the entire like, like, the remainder of what I could hear from that panel was so, like, I don't know, validating, so great. And, like, they're just genuinely a really great storyteller to hear. And I had the time of my life. <laughs> um oh god alicia representation at pax of all AP places ap and rep i know especially because i feel like video games have such like uh they've come a long way let's just say that like i know lee and myself you know playing games in the past few years and stuff the landscape has completely changed like there'll be times where we used to play games together with like another friend of ours and and we will literally get low-key cyberbullied online purely oh, because high-key cyberbullied yeah we just open our mouth and they're immediately like oh my god that's a girl and then it's like back you either get <laughs> back to the kitchen make me a sandwich or like you get harassed basically it's like either yeah. one options so in like a big event like PAX and actually seeing like minority groups kind of being the face of a gaming convention this year i was like yeah that's right we're making moves here mm -hmm. welcome back to asian pop nation on sin and the last collection of tracks you just guys just heard were a bit more hip-hop um rap vibes uh just before i just before i went back on the airways you guys heard world stop turning by 1999 a right to the future rich brian and zion t featuring warren hugh and before that, you guys heard ABC by Wanna Sleep and Gummy Bee featuring Kuma-chan. And even more before that, you guys heard Invisible Dragon by Beyond featuring Andamir. Now, coming up next, Alicia will be running down some of her top picks for indie Asian games. As she had the opportunity to visit the Yukio booth at PAX on Friday, um, so she would love to uh, run down some of their games and also some of her personal favourite picks for games that she saw at PAX. So yeah, without further ado, I'm going to pass it right along to Leisha. But speaking of the games, haha, let's actually talk about some of the games that... I got to see and saw around around in like the expo hall, which was massive, mind you. Um, so everything that I'm going to mention here, it's definitely not going to be everything that I saw. It's just like a tiny little teaser. Um, but one booth that I specifically wanted to highlight, especially on the APN landscape, was this booth that I saw, which was done by Yukio Studios. And now they're like a Melbourne-based company that for PAX, they did like their own booth called SWIM, which stood for Southeast Asia, like C. It stands for the acronym of like Southeast Asia. So the word C, what I made, and then that's SWIM. And it was basically a collection of indie games that are from Southeast Asia. Oh, ho, ho, ho. And one thing I really love about PAX in general, it's like if you go, particularly if you go on like a Friday or something like that, you get to have a lot of time where you can just chat with either like the game developers or like the designers 
or even people who are like the co-founders of the brand and whatever like you can literally just have a full-on chat to them about anything to do with the game or even anything unrelated to the game or whatever like it's just a really chill time but i actually got to chat with one of their co-founders <laughs> I was very curious about what got them to want to make a booth specifically highlighting Southeast Asian indie games at PAX of all places. Well, what I thought was really funny because he brought up a point about how like, oh, when they brought it up to PAX, it was PAX was originally kind of like their viewpoint was like, oh, yeah, great. Put it there because it's like a diversity moment. Yeah. <laughs> and then not the diversity higher, um, but the co-founder really wanted to make like a preference that they were like, no, like the main thing about showcasing is that at least in the game industry, which I thought was very interesting, like in the game industry, when you're showcasing games within like the Asia Pacific region, they always tend to like in that region, there tends to only be a focus on like Australia and New Zealand, which make great video games, mind you. But when you're talking about the general Asia Pacific region, there's like no highlighting of like the Southeast Asia, like the fellow Asian neighbors of Australia and New Zealand, which is Southeast Asia. This and is true. This is true. When I was looking up games for like my segment, for my birthday segment, mm. I was like, oh, like games made in Asia, games made by Asian creators or like Asian countries. And the only, the only country that would be listed would be either Japanese or Chinese games. Yeah. It's like, this is not what I'm looking for, but. Yeah, they definitely take up like in the Asian landscape of video games, those two countries definitely take up like a big chunk of the video game industry. They got them on a chokehold. Um, but yeah, no, exactly like what you said, Lee. And then with this booth, they kind of saw it as a chance to like bridge the gap and then especially wanting to highlight the fellow Asian neighbors of Australia and New Zealand. So like Malaysia, woohoo, Satu Malaysia, um, Singapore, Indonesia, and the Philippines. Um, and I wanted to talk about two specific games that I like, I got to play around and demo a bit, two that I really, really like, and I wanted to give them a little shout out. Um, the first one that I played and I really, really enjoyed is actually called Quay, but you're meant to type it on your search engines as K-O-O-E-H. And this is a game that was done in Malaysia. And the basic, basic like genre that it is, is like a restaurant management type of game. You kind of playing as a character who recently, like you were from like a kampong, which is like in English basically means like the countryside equivalent. And you relocated to the city. You're kind of like out of there, but your whole family is still in the countryside. And then eventually you basically relocate back to the countryside for the first time after a while because your family's restaurant is dying. The business is dying. And you're there basically going back to like help revive it while learning all these recipes that you yourself don't really know or like they've been lost throughout your family. So it's remembering all these forgotten cultural memes and stuff with food. Yeah. Like rediscovering. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. You're great English dictionary. <laughs> but yeah. And then from the game, you basically do like various small like mini games in order to create a bunch of like classic Malaysian dishes to serve at your restaurant. Uh, some examples are my favorite, Betarek and Kue Lapis. Ha ha ha. 
Um, but they also, at least in the demo, they also had quite a few other options as well, primarily in like the dessert realm of Malaysian cuisine. But it was just very cozy. I really liked it. And I also had like a interesting moment that gave me like a haha pride because there was like this other girl who was not Malaysian. She was like a white girl. And then she was like playing the demo a bit. And I could hear her talk to her friend and was like, oh my God, I don't know anything about Malaysian food, but all of this sounds really good. And I was like, oh. Huh? This is the win. This is the win. This is what video games do. Malaysia stay winning. But yeah, I think it's like if you're somebody who really likes like cozy games, that sort of genre that's blowing up, this is like a very, this one's a very nice one to keep on your radar and search up. And then the second game that I have is from the Philippines. Um, what did I say? Mabuhay. Like Mabuhay, as JP would say. <laughs> it's called Un- Until Then. And it's definitely one of those like very long narrative adventure games. So definitely a type that you would want to, you definitely like you play a little bit on the demo, but you know that you're only getting like 2% of what the plot is. It's one of those where you really got to like spend a long time and the story slowly unfolds. Yeah. But from what I've got from the demo, you're basically playing as this like high schooler named Mark, who's very like average teenager living average life in the Philippines. And a lot of the gameplay is Primarily, you're just exploring your area as you're like heading to school. You're using like your smartphone and chat, like chatting with your friends while also being able to scroll in like a pseudo social media situation. But something changes one day. What is that? I don't know exactly because I only got to play the demo, but it's basically like one of those really, really long, like one of those games that if you play a really long time, then the mystery slowly unfolds type of thing. And I just really, really liked the art style. It's like that very like pixel-esque type of vibe that I like. The setting, like the environment setting and the sound design specifically gives me like I am really living back in a Southeast Asian country life. Like the sounds and everything are so familiar to me. Um, and yeah, I think the game like also vaguely reminds me of other games that I played in the past, like Tales Noir or like Night in the Woods, which I've not played, but I watch videos about. Um, but no, I mean, like just the general environment of like you primarily walking around and talking to people and uncovering a story to that manner. That's like where I see the similarity from. But I really, really like it. And I'm very keen because the game still is only on like a coming soon basis. So no, I'm staying. I'm waiting. Um, Yeah. Okay. Do you have any like favorite things that you saw at PAX? Oh, like a general type yeah. of thing that I liked. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like my favorite is always going to be like the PAX Rising and the Oz, like Australian indie showcase section. It's just like the ultimate place to check out like indie developers and actually even being able to like have a chat with them about like the game itself, their creation process, literally anything under the sun. It's it's just such a vibe and my steam wish list is very massive after after exploring that area you can really find a lot of stuff there and i mean if you listener you know you are keen on checking out some of these games and stuff pax actually has them already up on steam so if you go on like their social media I'm sure you can find it somewhere and they have like all the collection of games that have been like mentioned, showcased that packs. You can find it all there and you'll definitely find a bunch that I have not even mentioned here on APM, but that I loved dearly from testing them out and stuff. But yeah, that is just a little bit of like a snippet, literally a 2% snippet of my, my packs journey. 
um, that I wanted to share here on APN. And I guess, listener, if you've been to PAX this year, the past few years, I don't know, um, you can let us know about your experience or any like games that you particularly enjoyed on our social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And they will be formally approved by Lee, the gamer of APN. <laughs> Whoa. Social media manager and gamer. That's your title. <laughs> God, remove that second title. <laughs> we just played some very buff tracks here on Asian Pop Nation. You guys just heard Runner Runner by Show. And before that, you guys heard Bad Code by DPR Ian. And at the very start, you guys heard Maderomi by Child Spot. Now, coming up next, me and Xenia, who recently had the opportunity to attend the Radwimps concert here in Melbourne, um, would love to share our thoughts on what the concert was like and our experiences and maybe highlight some of our favourite moments slash tracks, uh, especially since this was Radwimps' first time coming to Australia and they sold out every show they had, which is pretty awesome. So yeah, without further ado, I will pass the mic right along to Xenia. This is Asian Pop Nation. At the time of this recording, it's been a day since Jesse and I went to see a particular Japanese rock band who is very well known for the music that they've done for Your Name, Suzume, Weathering With You, any Makoto Shinkai film of the recent five years, and that is Brad Wimps. It was their first time in Australia and I guess to their surprise and to I think a lot of people's surprise, they had initially come to Melbourne just for one show, completely sold out. They decided to do a show the day before and that also sold out. So very, very high demand. But Jesse, I wanted to maybe chat with you a little bit about what you thought of the concert. Was it what you expected? What were you thinking as you went into it? I mean, I guess my first thought was standing in line and like having to walk past three corners to get to like the back of the line. I was like, oh my god, they actually are popular. Some of the friends I was with, they kind of asked another person in line as we were passing, how long have you been waiting? And they were like, almost two hours. That's literally longer than the concert. That was like my first taste of like how popular they were and also like how crowded it probably was going to be by the time we got in. I forgot so, to mention, it's actually was at the Forum, if you are a Melbourneian. It's on Flinders Street, so very nice Victorian-style theatre. Mm. Yes, as you went in, Jesse, what did, what did you do? What did you see? Uh, for the record, this was like my first time in the Forum, Same. so this was like my first show there. I was just shook by like, it was actually really pretty. Like it had the Roman aesthetics, and I guess the name, the Forum, kind of suits it, as it's kind of like a reference to like Roman stuff. They were projecting like blue lights onto the ceilings that kind of look like stars. But anyway, enough about the venue. I just wanted to say that the venue was really pretty. But because we were really, really back in the line, by the time we walked in, a lot of like the general pit area that was like more in the front of the stage was obviously already filled up. And me and my friends decided, okay, we're not going to make enemies by fighting our way through this crowd to get to the front. We're just going to stand in this kind of stairs area that was like a little bit more elevated. We could still kind of see the stage, but we weren't kind of having bodies pressed against us all the time. For the most part, that was a good spot to be in. Except if like tall people in front decided to hold up their phone to record, in which case. I had the same issue. We could not record. 
Where were you situated, Danielle? I was sort of in the middle, sort of on the tiered area where there's like the stairs and the wooden <laughs> bench top. But yeah, it was a case of short people problems where the minute the concert started, ah, phone's up. Oh my gosh, they're they're performing and now I can't see. But I can watch through your phone, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a funny point because like before the whole concert started, they had a screen being like, in order to make sure that everyone enjoys this concert, please keep the use of mobile phones to the minimum. And then like immediately people everyone were like... Everyone filmed that screen. Yeah, they like, literally whoa. whipped out their phones. And then the show started. The screams were erupting. Things were happening. It was crazy. I need to go back and remember what was the first song that they did. It was Grand Escape from Weathering With You. So they started off with that song, which was like kind of like a more vibey song. It was a good way to start the concert. Yeah. It was like a slow start and then it picked up to this kind of chorus that everyone could kind of clap along to or jump up and down to. But was there any highlights, Jesse, for you in terms of songs, in terms of performances? Uh... I mean, obviously, I went into this concert mainly knowing, like, the songs that they did for Suzume and, like, Your Name and a bit of Weathering With You. I've also kind of heard a few of their more popular songs. All of the Your Name and Suzume songs were obviously really hype and the cheers were, like, the loudest and I also really, really enjoyed those. But then aside from that, I also found a few new favourite songs that I will definitely be adding to my playlist now that I've heard it. One of which is called One Spring Day and they actually had the English lyrics of this song on the screen behind them. And it was like a really meaningful song about like how they're glad they continued doing like this rock band thing. There was also this really cute moment where the vocalist was kind of hyping up the two guitarists to kind of do like a showdown with each other. And then he also proceeded to do a little showdown with like the drummers. And that was like really cool and wholesome to like watch. It's always fun to see musicians interacting with each other on stage and like genuinely enjoying the performance because it's not something you can get just by like listening to the music on Spotify or listening to the music while watching an anime, which is how I think most people in the audience were introduced to them. But how about you, Xenia? What were your highlights from the concert? I knew a couple of Radwim songs before going to the concert, but none of which that they played, except for, of course, the ones from the Makoto Shinkai films. But I just knew that I really liked their style of music and rock is always a good genre to see live. It was nice to hear. There was this one song that they played, which I quite like called Tummy. <laughs> it was like the body part, Tummy? It seems to be about a guy who's recently had a child. And from the lyrics, you know how it's always awkward translating one language to English. It doesn't always yeah. line up perfectly. But it seems to be like the father's sort of competing with the kid for the mother's attention or like the fun shenanigans you get up to with having a little one around. And so it was a very cute song. It felt very much like a summer drive kind of song, where some of the other songs are very much like leaning into heavy rock, lots of mad guitar solos and things like that. But yeah, I guess some of the highlights is when the band is interacting with the audience, chatting to us. I think there was one time we were doing like a classic call response and the lead singer was saying how Sydney had done it better the previous week and that riled a lot of people up. <laughs> I guess it's a classic trope that a lot of artists use. But yeah, it was, it was always a lot of fun just dancing and booging along and just vibing. What do you think of the crowd? Were they like a standstill and film the whole concert type of crowd? A few were. A lot of them were the jumping kind and dancing kind. I think there's a few light sticks in the crowd. 
Oh, light sticks. Light sticks, yeah. Oh, that's so uh, good. Yeah, but, but Radwim delivered. I definitely think so. That's nice. Did they do any bantering in between, apart from the whole, like, you're worse than Sydney thing? <laughs> Not so much between each other, but the lead singer was more fluent in English than the bass guitarist and the lead guitarist. So it was very much like uh, the guitarist would say, you know, hello, Melbourne, and we were like, yeah. <laughs> like we don't be yeah. Did they so, do Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi? They did not. Not everyone can get an Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. But they were complimenting Melbourne's weather, and then everyone was like, "What are you? What are you on about?" It was raining. Melbourne, <laughs> Melbourne won, Sydney won. But we were the one who got two concerts, so I oh, guess Melbourne is superior. That's interesting. That means that there are more weebs and I mean there are more anime <laughs> lovers in Melbourne than there are in Sydney. Maybe Melbourne just likes anime more than Sydney, or maybe we have more <laughs> who knows? That's that's interesting. That's very cool. You know, Melbourne maybe we did win. Radwimps is great and they promise to come back to Australia next year. So hopefully Ooh. if you are a fan or didn't make it to this concert, you can hopefully hold out and they'll be back soon. Otherwise, if you were there, be sure to let us know. If you weren't there, let us know maybe what Radwimps songs you like and we'll catch you in the next discussion. Yo, 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 you are tuned in to Asian Pop Nation on Sin, your favorite Asian music and culture show right here on Sin. You guys just heard Synergy by Satoko Shibata. And before that, you guys heard Yubei Jop, which roughly translates to Ready Go by Right Together. And even more before that, you guys heard Hyperventilation by Radwimps. And all of these songs were rock songs, as very fitting with the Radwimps, um style of music uh because our previous segment was the a radwimps concert review now going well kind of a deviation from the music we are now going back to the gaming scene um as we cover a bit about the asian games which is basically a tournament where esport athletes um battle against each other for the crown and the reason we're talking about this is that recently um, South Korean, the South Korean government announced that, um, eSport, uh, players who win, um, huge game is now exempt from a military duty, which if you don't know, South Korea has mandatory military enlistment, and yeah, they recently said that they would be, um, pro, uh, eSport players will be exempt from that if they win. And I think recently in this recent Asian Games tournament, some of the South Korean players did win, and so they are the first um, people to really take advantage of that change. Uh, so we will be talking a bit more about that. So without further ado, I will be jumping straight to Tracy. Yo, um, so basically, there is this thing called the Asian Games, which is kind of like the Commonwealth Games, except instead of Commonwealth countries, you have Asian countries. And um, anyway, so the 19th Asian Games this year have just wrapped up in Hangzhou, China. Um, they were held the 23rd of September to the 8th of October after being delayed by a year due to COVID. Um, something very fun about this year is that um, esports were officially featured as an actual event in the Asian Games. Um, previously, it had been like a demonstration event in the previous Asian Games in Indonesia, I believe. But, you know, it didn't really count as an actual event. It was just like a fun event on the side. But this year, it's an actual event and it was actually the most popular of the events 
oh, one of the most popular of the events. Um, so popular, in fact, that attendees were selected were selected via a lotto system. There were five PC games and two mobile games played at the Asian Games. I'm not going to read out the full list, but the PC games include PUBG, Dota 2, Street Fighter 5, and League of Legends. And this really does seem like one of the times esports has been actually taken seriously as part of the major sporting event. Um, the Olympics does have an esports event as well, but it's separate from the main Olympics, whereas this is sort of at the same level as the main olympics um like it's under the umbrella of the main olympics maybe is a better way to say it yeah how do you guys feel about that esports how do you guys cool. feel about esports what, what are your personal relationships to esports absolutely not <laughs> i don't like watch esports tournaments and stuff but i know some i guess athletes now that play oh. in it <laughs> I suppose, really? like, yeah, I suppose, I guess, yeah. I don't know. It just feels so weird to call them athletes, like but professional I guess, gamers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pro gamers. That's pro the word. Gamers. It's probably pro the, gamers. What they call themselves? Hey, what's yeah. what sports? I mean, what games do they? Play? Um, mainly Valorant, and I don't play League of Legends, but because League of Legends is so big, I know some League of Legends pro gamers. But yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I don't really watch the stuff, but. I play some games, so, you know, you've, you're bound to stumble across their names. Yeah, I know yeah. in Korea specifically, Faker mm. is an esports player who is kind of, he's basically a celebrity, right? Like, yeah. people know who he is, like, K-pop idols know who he is. I think, like, Red Velvet's Joy is a fan of him, she said once, which is crazy. What? Um, yeah, like, a lot of people, like, know who he is and really admire him. Yeah, I think he's like the world's best player. Yeah. Yeah. He's been happens. doing it for a long time as well. Yeah. Wait, how old is he? He's 27. And 27 is also usually the age when Korean men start, well, if they're idols, they start enlisting in the military. Oh, really? Yeah. This specific Asian Games has been like very high profile, not just because it's, um, I guess, been formally recognized as part of an, of an official sporting event, but also because... South Korea has a rule about military enlistments where um, people such as athletes, uh, musicians, um, and I don't know, ballet dancers are exempt from military service if they obtain top prizes in certain competitions, which are assessed to have enhanced national prestige. So this means that for the first time, the winning team, if they were Korean, if the Korean team won this event, then they would be exempt from the military service. And they did, in fact, win the League of Legends event, which means that we now have, I think, the first gamers, professional gamers, who are exempt from military service on account of being too good at gaming to enlist. Wow. Wow. I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Nah, but yeah, that's so interesting yeah. because esports was has always been never considered like a real sport. Mm. Um, I guess I don't know because I always thought like esports professional gamers they have a really short like lifespan of being great. Yeah, so, they usually do. Yeah, so it just feels so interesting that they would exempt yeah gamers. But I guess it's the same logic as like athletes in like physical sports mm. physical sports um because they also have like certain things like i don't know gymnastics or whatever they have a really short span of time when they're actually great and they train for a long time to get to that and gaming is the same really 
Um, and yeah. something else that is similar is um, being a K-pop idol. You have to train quite a long time usually, and the amount of time that you actually spend on top of on like in the in the industry. Oh yeah, it's very very short. Most groups don't really achieve a lot of success and the ones that do only achieve it for like a not that long unless they achieve a Japanese fan base in which case it, it lasts eternally but <laughs> most of them peak like they have like maybe three years where they peak and then they're seen as like has-beens so um some people who haven't been very happy about this new gamers being exempt from the military thing is um certain k-pop fans or certain groups let's say which one tracy any group which has been subject to military <laughs> service um which i guess would be all boy groups um you know some of them are genuinely not happy but most of them are just just like oh my god like my boy plays animal crossing he should be exempt <laughs> you know people just been memeing about it i haven't seen most like actual people who are actually angry about it mm. but if you think about like south korea and their assessment of um grounds for exemption being like enhancing national prestige then i think idledom is something that may enhance national prestige but also idledom is seen as something that is very much it's not as much of a meritocracy i guess as sports maybe i don't know maybe that's, that's why word. people feel <laughs> yeah but people feel more like i think they're definitely idols are more beholden to what the general public thinks of them whereas with sports people it's more like oh they've been objectively judged as like the best or something mm. there's less of like you know that's what i mean by being a meritocracy so maybe so there's less push there's not a lot of pushback against them being exempt whereas idols have seen as frivolous entertainment things fair cool but anyway no i'm happy that more people are being exempt um from the military service because the military service sounds like a ho absolutely horrible time and it's also cool that you know league of legends being played at the asian games maybe the olympics will consider making esports an actual thing mm. of its main competition who knows i know what games do you guys what games I'm just, I'm just curious what games do you guys you know recommend for the next asian game minecraft minecraft pvp um, minecraft Roblox. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Or Fall Guys. I don't oh know. My oh my god. Yeah. Professional Fall. Yes. Um, Jackbox. On a global scale. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, I'm not, we're not really gamers in, in case you can't tell. Except for Lily's like a real gamer. But well, to an extent. has a gamer chair. Well, it's the most uncomfortable thing ever, but you know. <laughs> I regret That's getting it. How do you it. know you're a real gamer? I have scoliosis. <laughs> This is Asian Pop Nation on Sin, your favourite Asian music and pop culture show on the youth community radio station, Sin. You guys just heard a collection of great tracks, starting off with Take Me To Your House by Lin Yin, which is a single. And before that, you guys heard John by Lacuna, which is a Korean indie band. And even more before that, you guys heard Skipping Stones by Tomorrow by Together. Now, it has unfortunately come to the end of our show today. Uh, we talked about a variety of segments, including um, our little rips in the segment, in which we talked about some of the reasons that we decided to join Sin and the impact that Sin has made in our lives. And again, um, just to reiterate, uh, Sin has recently run into some trouble with funding, and so we need some of your help to make sure that Sin stays on the airways for another 20 years. Um, and yeah, we would hate to see such a platform be uh, taken down. 
um, us here at Asian Pop Nation would really like to continue talking about all the crazy things we do, especially uh, play all the amazing music um, that you will not find on any other station around. Um, and yeah, it's just a wonderful platform to socialize and get to know people and also get media training because I certainly did not sa- <laughs> I certainly did not start off um, presenting very well. Um, I wouldn't say I'm the best now, but I am heaps better thanks to Sin, and I hope that young people in the future can continue to get this opportunity. So yeah, if you guys are able to and um, would love to see more of Sin in the future and in many years to come, please do consider donating. Uh, we appreciate anything that you can donate. Um, and if you cannot, sharing it, sharing the news, um, encouraging people to donate, getting the news out anything like that really helps us um we we really appreciate your support throughout the years and we hope to continue producing all the amazing content that we do um and yeah may asian music may asian music continue to grace the airwaves uh, but yeah um aside from that little segment we also talked about pax which is a huge gaming convention that happens in melbourne um we uh me and Xenia also decided to do a little radwimps concert review as we recently had the opportunity to attend their first ever concert in melbourne it's really really exciting they've never been to australia before so this is like huge and they completely sold out so i do hope they'll be back uh uh but aside from that our last little segment fe- went back to the gaming theme that we have going on this week um focusing on the asian games and more specifically uh some of the esports players that got to take advantage of the recent change in south korea's exemption rules in which professional esports players that um manage to win a game can be exempted from mandatory military service and yeah that is about all we talked about this week this is asian pop nation on sin and we hope to see you guys here again next week Thank <laughs> you.